0: What's up, y'all? This is John and Mike, back for another episode of the Nothing Finder Podcast. Once again, live on Millions. Um, if you were sitting in the live stream with us and heard that craziness that was going on a minute ago, that was some severe technical difficulties, uh, for lack of a better term. Don't know what the hell was going on there. But we do want to remind you that tomorrow is going to be the last day to get the raining, defending shirts, hoodies, youth t-shirts, any of that kind of stuff. We are working on some shirts to replace those in the store. So if you want one, you got about 24 hours. Um, We do want to go ahead and say, vote for us on the Savannah connect best of Savannah, 2024 competition. We are up for best podcast and best Instagram links are in our social media. You can vote every day and it'll help us out quite a bit. Spread the word locally. So if you want to show some love, do it there. We'd greatly appreciate it. Um, But For this episode, we are previewing the national championship game between both of our second favorite teams. That is my Washington Huskies and Mike's Michigan Wolverines. We are going to do some uh, Georgia related stuff towards the end, talking about transfer portal and a little bit of the recap of the uh, Hardwood Dogs going to see Como's naked at the end. But before we get into all that, how was your week and what are you drinking?
1: Uh, weekend was good. Just uh, you know, watching a of NFL stuff like that. Just kind of hanging out uh, for the most part. Uh, if I, I if I sound nasally congested, it's because I am. I can't hear out of like either of my ears, so I'll probably just go what like a bunch. So uh, just uh, just bear with me. I'm sure I'm getting like a sinus infection or, or something like that. Cause...
0: Everybody in Savannah sick right now.
1: Well, I've been, this. it's been like this for like a week, but it, like just for whatever reason now, it's just, now I can't hear anything. So, uh, yeah. So, pretty gross, but uh, how about you? Oh,
0: it was good. Um, I'll be honest, time's not real. I haven't worked in three weeks. I don't know what day it is. I don't, like, I, I don't know. Um, I made some hot sauce this week, though, because I grew a okay. bunch of peppers over the summer. Um, okay smoked some habaneros, poblanos, and jalapenos, blended that up with a bunch of seasoning, some brown sugar and some honey. Damn it's good. Okay. Okay. Like uh like I went out and bought some skirt steak to make carne asada tacos at some point this week
1: mm-hmm.
0: just to put the hot sauce on.
1: There you go. Uh, like how hot how hot is it on a scale of like from one to ten? Um, I love it.
0: I don't know. It depends on your heat tolerance. Um, it's not one that you're going to regret eating. Okay. It's, it's got like a slow burn that gets mm-hmm. to a peak and then kind of like tapers off, but it never gets... Like your nose isn't going to be running. Okay. But it does have habaneros in it, so that's kind of surprising. Um, but like I did yep. offset that with brown sugar and honey.
1: It but sounds it's good. More flavor yeah.
0: than it is heat, mm-hmm. which... I really like, but I'm super excited to make these tacos, which I will be able to do because I come out of my sling at 3 o'clock tomorrow afternoon, and I cannot tell you how excited I am.
1: There we go. You have to go all the way out to...
0: Hinesville. Uh Uh-huh.
1: Okay, so that's not as bad, okay.
0: No, not as bad, but it still sucks. Oh, all right. So let's get into this College football playoff national title game. It is the last year of the four-team playoff. Um, I think this is going to be a great game. We got Michigan minus four and a half versus Washington over under 56 and a half. Um, Just a few interesting notes that we got towards the top here. So This is the first national championship since 2014 to not involve Georgia, Bama, or LSU.
1: Yeah, Uh, say the rest of the SEC, but the rest of the league hasn't pulled their weight.
0: At times, other teams have, to be fair. I mean, Mississippi State was the very first college football playoff poll number one. Mm -hmm. Um, Ole Miss has spent the better part of the last two or three years in the top ten. As far as that,
1: that top four championship pedigree?
0: Look, Auburn in 2017 was, like, if they yep. wouldn't have lost earlier in the season, there would have been Auburn and Georgia in, in 2017 instead of Auburn and Banna, Bama. That's a good point. Yeah. Auburn, good point. Auburn shot theirself in the foot in 2017.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did. Jesus.
0: Um, But that's just kind of wild. Um, I will say it is also only the fourth time – in the 10 years of the 14 playoff, that it will be a 1v2 title game. Uh, hmm. Oddly, the most common combination, I want to say, is 2-4. Oh. Uh, okay. I, I did some digging earlier. I should have written that down while I was, had all the stuff pulled up, but I didn't. So just have to go off of my uh, goldfish memory on what the most common combination is.
1: Because, like Georgia, like when Georgia's made it to the national championship, they made it as a one seed last year.
0: It might be one three. three. That's I think one
1: three is probably. Yeah, it. I think Georgia was right. a three in twenty twenty one, and they yeah. were then there were three in twenty seventeen, right?
0: Yep. Yep. Yeah. So that that's more accurate. I think one three. Yeah. The opposite of what I said actually. Um. So just don't don't really pay attention to me, but three of the four. One v two title games were Clemson, Bama. Okay. Uh, so I think that's pretty interesting. Just tells you about uh, how the mighty have fallen in Clemson, and fallen is what Dabo might have done to get that black eye.
1: Did, did, did we ever figure out what happened there? If any, if if you haven't seen it, he it took look, a it's lick. a
0: legit black eye. Like it yeah. looks like he got sucker punched.
1: <laughs> I didn't hear no bell.
0: Yeah. Um the rumor is Tyler from Spartanburg finally caught up to him. <laughs> the world may never know. Um, it could also Did- be he's hurting for his uh, his job so bad at this point that he told a recruit, "You know what? Instead of NIL, I'll let you punch me in the face."
1: Ooh, that might be. That might be able to fix Clemson right away cuz he has a very punchable face. At- so and attitude. <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: Among other things. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, I want to say this is also only the second or third time that it's two undefeated teams playing in the national title game of the 14 playoff era, because what there are of full season. So you don't count 2020. There are only three undefeated national champions during the 10 years of the 14 playoff.
1: Yeah. Well, that was, that was Georgia last year. That was Clemson Clemson. when they beat
0: what 2019 2018 2019 uh whenever they throttled bama out in san francisco
1: yeah and then l and then lsu so yeah
0: correct yeah there have been three undefeated teams during 14 playoff era but i think that just is another argument for why it was so important to go to the playoff because undefeated teams rarely actually win it all when there's a playoff style format and you know we'll probably get to this in the next few weeks but I think the new year six games and how competitive, pretty much all of them, but you know, Liberty and Oregon and Georgia FSU were, I think, the twelve team playoffs needed. Yeah. So,
1: mm-hmm. I'm excited uh, about it. I know there's a lot of people that that necessarily or not or not necessarily excited about it. I'm looking forward to it. I, I,
0: I we talked about it. I don't remember who we talked about it with during the season, but it, with the uh, with the transfer portal, this was really the first year that we saw the most parody in college football since, like, the late 2000s.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I mean, you have guys going to make programs that were mid a couple of years ago significantly better. I, I think the transfer portal has made college football what we currently enjoy with all the good games. Every week's got a great game in it. and uh, mm. I mean, cool. Washington's got a transfer quarterback, running back, defensive lineman, cornerbacks, linebackers, like half of Washington team seems to be transfer portal guys. And, uh, and they got where they're at in two seasons because three years ago, they went three and nine.
1: Yeah. I was going to say in, uh, in 2021, kind of to your point, Washington actually went to Michigan uh, during the uh, the non-con schedule and got their asses kicked. Yeah, Like that, 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 so, I mean, to turn it around in two years, like, again, we, we kind of gushed over Kalen DeBoer on the, uh, on the last episode, but, um, he's done a hell of a job turning that team around.
0: And the West Coast Kirby Smart, some people are saying
1: similar records, man. And I mean, they've gone about it a little bit different way. He's he's you know, making a juggernaut on offense. Kirby obviously did it with defense, and then you know, last year it was everything. But yes, some are saying.
0: Um, so I'm just going to say it. It's probably not going to make sense to most people because most of you don't have the same amount of head injuries I do. As soon as I saw Michigan and Washington were going to play in this game, I texted Mike before the damn Sugar Bowl was over, and I said, if Washington wins this, I want to talk about that scene from Spongebob. And all the millennials out there will get this. But they have Mermaid Man's belt, and they're sitting there like shrinking everything in the town. And Patrick goes, oh, it's upside down. It needs to be W for Wumbo. That, that's all I can think about for a solid 20 minutes.
1: <laughs> they, uh, Somebody, I saw a meme that said it's a, it's a public restroom bowl because, you know, the, the M for men and the W for women. So yes, there's that yeah. too. Plenty of, um, plenty of things we can point out.
0: Yeah, but if you get the SpongeBob reference and it's not just a hallucination I had, uh, please let me know.
1: I got it, for what it's worth.
0: Okay. Okay. So we might be mass hallucinating. It is what it is.
1: <laughs> the what, uh, Mandela effect?
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was Mandela. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Oh. Huh? Yeah. Uh, so we're going to get started with, Uh. so what we're going to do is kind of what we did at some points of the season. We're going to talk about Washington's offense on Michigan's defense on the first part. Second part is going to be Michigan's defense, Washington's offense. Nope. Other way around. Michigan's offense, Washington's defense. And then we actually did a real, real big deep dive and just did a whole section of other important stats that I think will make a difference in this game. Mm -hmm. So, uh, for the uh, Washington offense, Michigan defense, the Huskies have averaged 37.7 points per game this season, 11th in the country. Um, Michigan's defense is first 10.21 points per game Um, Penn State was first until the Ole Miss game, you know, just kind of LOL at Penn State there. Um, As always. Washington is 11th and third down conversion percentage. Michigan's defense is 12th. Uh, Washington is ninth and fourth down conversion percentage. Michigan's defense is seventh, only allowing 31% of those conversions. Washington is 98th in rushing yards per game, averaging 125, and um, Michigan's defense is somewhat surprisingly 8th at 93.1 yards per game. Washington, 1st in passing yards per game, not really surprising there, 350, and Michigan is 2nd in passing yards allowed at 150. I think that one of the things I'm looking forward to about this game is it's good on good in some aspect. Like, even Washington's offense on Michigan's defense. Like, you have good on good with the Joe Moore award-winning offensive line. With top two or three defensive line in the country going at it. But at the same time, you have a secondary that hasn't really been tested all that much with the level of quarterback they've played this season. Granted, they're probably the most veteran secondary in the country. Very experienced, very good. But you don't know how they're going to do against a team that can stretch the field like Washington, that has three number one guys and a great tight end like Washington. And then you have no idea if Dylan Johnson, he said he's going to play, but we don't know how healthy he's going to be. So that's one. Just on that side of the ball, I'm really excited about that because it's good on good, and then proven on unproven. Like there's so many different layers just in that side of the game. Of we know what to expect, but this is two juggernaut teams of destiny going head to head. How's it actually going to play out?
1: One thing I'll say in. Like you said, good on good, great on great. One thing that I heard somebody else point out, and I didn't think about it until you know today, really, when I was kind of going back and forth between who I thought would win this game, is that Michigan, again, just to say it again, because it's fun to say, Michigan's beat Ohio State the last three years in a row, right? Yep. They were built specifically to beat teams with a quarterback, the caliber of C.J. Stroud, which, again, they did twice, and then they beat... Cal McCord, which was actually closer, um, with a way less you no know, dynamic offense. So I I think Michigan for you know for what it's worth and how great Penix is and those those skill players that that Washington has, I think they're going to play better than what some may think, kind of just based off of what we saw in the Sugar Bowl. Um, in in Michigan, like for to their credit, they're get, they have to also get ready for two radically different quarterbacks in this playoff. I see so you have Jalen Milrow last week against Bama. Can't really do anything besides home run balls. Um, not really, you know, much of a quarterback at all. He's a good yeah. runner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Small ball and home runs. That's all we can do. Um, but, uh, you no, know, that that's, you know, preparing for something totally different than like Michael Penix, who can, you know, arguably – what top two quarterback in, in the uh, in the country this year. And At least to the area the best.
0: Just throwing the football. He's the best. Michael Penix is best in the country.
1: Yeah. So it will be it'll be interesting to see. Even what some of the Bama players said last week, or you know, after the Rose Bowl is like they weren't they weren't prepared for the different coverages that Michigan threw out there against them, which makes sense. They struggled mightily on offense. I mean they were gifted some stuff uh, by Michigan on special teams, which again will possibly talk about later but special teams for both these teams are bad last week yes. yes um do you know who you know who michigan's special team coach is who jay harbaugh and it, so yeah, i mean Jim. he he is no Jim, uh but their special Jack. teams been,
0: wait which one's the ravens coach i get so confused john. with all these jays john john
1: jack jack is the dad that sounds exactly like jim harbaugh
0: look his parents is his mom's name julie
1: good question it might be i don't know
0: like there are other letters of the alphabet harbaugh (laughs) family
1: well and jim has like eight kids of his own and like grandkids and shit too so like i whatever j name there is they've got it so they got to invent new ones
0: I bet, I bet he named one of his kids Jeff with a J.
1: They may may have, I don't know.
0: Charles with a silent J up front. Like, they're just, they're getting wild at this point.
1: <laughs> I like Django. No, no, never mind. It starts with a D. Never mind. No, um, there's no
0: D. You put yeah. J-D-A-N-G-O.
1: Yeah, there you go. Um, but, uh... Yeah, I mean it'll be it'll be interesting to see because again they were built to beat you know a high-powered offense the last couple of years against Ohio State and is kind of I mean it's different but it's the same in terms of like elite quarterback play that they kind of were built around so it'll be it'll be interesting to see like that's that's something that will be you know definitely a key a key matchup in this whole thing.
0: So you've watched a lot more Michigan than I have this year,
1: mm-hmm.
0: with with really the lack of to- quarterback talent in the Big Ten. Do you think that there it's possible that there's any rust on the secondary for playing guys the caliber of Washington skill talent? Because, I mean, even, you know, I watched the Ohio State game, and even late in that game, they were giving up some pretty big passes when the quarterback was, you know, Kyle Cord moving around in the pocket,
1: hitting mm-hmm. guys
0: downfield. Granted, it it didn't end up being anything, but it seemed like the secondary wasn't prepared because they really hadn't seen it this year.
1: Well, so like kind of going to that, the best quarterback that they that Michigan played against this year, in terms of you know being like just a pure passer, is Talia Tonga Vailoa, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Michigan only won that game thirty-one to twenty-four. I mean, they Maryland was able to put up some points, and obviously they were able, able to do that against uh, against Auburn too. But um, so in that game, just kind of going back to that, Talia had uh, two hundred forty-seven yards, which is I mean, it's 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 okay. I mean, it's better than what they had normally given up. Uh, he did have a couple picks too, and. Uh, Washington's kind of prone to that. So, I mean, yeah, as far as rust goes, I mean, that was, shoot, that was back in what, uh, week beginning of November or mid-November. Yeah, it was, yeah. So six weeks ago or so. Um, yeah, I mean, there's probably going to be a little bit of rust. In, in, But I think same thing with Washington. There's probably going to be nerves there too. So, I mean, they'll probably cancel each other out, to be honest. Yeah,
0: that that was one thing that I I was, you know, had a big question about was just because, I mean – as far as their quarterback competition this year goes, it's gonna be Michael Penix, obviously at the top as far as just pure arm talent throwing the football. He's I don't even think it's much of an argument that he's best in college football this year. Mm-hmm. And then you have Talia Tungavailoa, who probably the best pure passer in the Big Ten this year.
1: He he he's the Big Ten's all time leader in career passing. Yeah. That, which is wild. Blew my Fucking mind, but I mean, he's he's
0: one of the true four-year starters they've had that could actually throw the football.
1: Yeah, I mean, granted that, yeah, the Big Ten's only been throwing the ball for fifteen years, maybe twenty years. Some teams still aren't.
0: Yeah, Iowa. Uh, (laughs) Yep. uh, But yeah, I mean, like you've got, like I said, you got Penix, and then like three or four rungs below him, you have Talia, and then who's who's next? Would it be? Would it be Kyle McCord? That would be the third best arm talent they've played this year, and I'm assuming he's five or six rungs below Talia.
1: Yeah, probably. Yeah,
0: and like that—that that would be my concern for Michigan's for Michigan's defense. And then on top of that, like you said, you back-to-back weeks—you've got to prepare for a guy that really can't do much dynamic passing. He doesn't have all three levels of the passing game. And then you well, have the next week you're playing Michael Penix who can throw a rocket to the sideline behind the line of scrimmage and then he can throw a rope sixty yards for a touchdown. And
1: well and, every and throw in between. And and looking, I mean, at an offensive line too. Obviously Washington won the Joe Moore Award and deservingly so at this point. Uh and then, you know, last week with Michigan they were playing against an offensive line that was below average. I mean, it's probably one of the worst offensive lines that you know in the 14 playoff era at a center that couldn't snap a damn ball that's not uh, going to be the problem for this Michigan
0: week. fans he is going to Ohio State as a grad because that
1: works it works so well i i i'm i got i got some questions for Ryan Day i mean besides the obvious stuff but if he saw that game and is like you know what that's, that's our nice. answer that's depth if our center gets hurt no uh, drop off
0: you know based on how I don't remember his first name, but based on how McLaughlin blocked when he had time to get upright in just that split second, I think he'd be a hell of a guard. I yeah, just, I don't yeah. think center's really the spot for him.
1: You said his name is McLaughlin, right? Yeah. Like those, uh, those, like those pet commercials trying to get you to donate. Sarah McLaughlin doing the song.
0: I, somebody needs to donate to him some snap training. Like we need Arms of an Angel playing over that tape.
1: Caleb, Caleb, <laughs> paging you. Um, oh. Yeah, but, I mean, the offensive line is going to be – the for what Michigan has to prepare for from Washington, it's going to be, again, radically different than what they had last week. I mean, it's a whole – the game plan does a 180. So it, uh, right. it's going to be interesting. So I'm looking forward uh, to it.
0: If you enjoy watching line play like I do – yeah, this is the game. Record this game because you're going to have the best offensive line in the country going against I think it's a pretty easy argument Michigan's got one of the best defensive lines in the country, if not the best defensive line in the country this year. you got mm-hmm. those two teams going head to head. So, like I said, if you like both sides line play or if you're a coach, record this game and take notes because this is this is power on power, both sides of the ball. I'm excited about that.
1: For sure. You know you know what? I, I was looking at trying to figure out like who was maybe the second best quarterback they played. It honestly might have, uh, for Michigan that is, it might have been from Nebraska. I can't remember if it was Jeff Sims that played that game or Chubba Purdy. I cannot remember, but it was probably one of the two, which is saying uh, not a lot.
0: Yeah, that's... I mean, we already discussed last week, maybe the week before, Kyle McCord was not the problem at Ohio State. But, damn, that's that's saying a whole lot.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but oof. <laughs> so Michigan's got their – their secondary's got their work cut out for them because this is by far and away the best quarterback they've faced in like 13 months.
0: And I think it's the best top-to-bottom group of receivers too.
1: Oh, for sure.
0: For I think sure. Probably a close second, but when you combine Pennix throwing to these guys versus Kyle McCord throwing to two of the three receivers that Ohio State had because one of them was always hurt,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like I, I think far and away the best quarterback wide receiver group that Michigan probably will have played, maybe since the twenty twenty one Orange Bowl.
1: Yeah, I, I it's tough to get an argument. I mean, Ohio State's skill players were always well CJ Stroud stacked. with
0: those guys.
1: Yeah. Dude I mean he led freaking Houston to the playoffs this year. Look. Dude's a fucking baller. I love CJ Stroud.
0: You know, if you, any of you guys know a sports network that likes competent people talking, just send them the clip of everything that I've been right about that I called this off season. Um, for example, Washington making the playoff um, at when no one was talking about them actually winning the Pac-12. Um, talk about CJ Stroud being the better draft pick because Bryce Young was going to be trash. Yeah, I, I
1: just,
0: just just I mean, see, I, the Panthers are so bad. Their owner threw drinks into the crowd. Like, come on, come on,
1: come on. <laughs> just ignore the Texas Tech take that I had. That didn't happen. That was that was another well. you
0: you can be the Stephen A. of the two of us.
1: Just, Just be loud and yell. Yeah. <laughs>
0: but you know what? They should play the Orange Bowl at MetLife Stadium.
1: You saw you saw that thing that he said that the the Rose Bowl should be played at SoFi, right? Get the fuck out of here! I, <laughs> what is that? What we
0: finally found someone that gets paid to be wrong more than the weatherman. It's Stephen A.
1: No kidding, like I he's not even trying. I think he I think Mad dog was on there too, who knows probably less th- about college football than Stephen A does. Uh,
0: yeah, oh,
1: God, yeah. that just makes me so ugh, makes me so irritated.
0: he makes in a month what we make in a year, but he sure does not have a goal. oh
1: oh, you're you're being generous i don't I don't know if I make as much as you then shit <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, um. So, we're going to move on to Michigan's offense and Washington's defense. I hope I said it right that time. I think so, yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, So, we've got Washington allowing 23.6 points per game, good for 51st. Michigan, 14th in scoring offense at 36 points per game. Washington is 117th in tackles for loss. Michigan is 53rd. That is Michigan's defense. Forgot to move that around when we were getting this together. My bad. Um, Washington is 120th in passing defense, allowing 267.1 yards per game, while Michigan's coming in at 71st with 218.9 yards per game passing offense. Um, Washington comes in with the 51st-ranked rushing defense, allowing 137.1 yards per game. Um, and surprisingly, Michigan's coming in at 61st in rushing offense, averaging 159.5 yards per game. That was a surprise with all oh. the love Blake Corbin, that offensive line get. But at the same time, the Big Ten does have good defenses. And they've played Ooh, yeah. the better Big Ten defenses this year.
1: So, and 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 Blake Corum has not been the same after the knee injury. Like one before you read the rest of those, I think uh, I I read that the last you know two years he like after contact he averaged like six point one yards a carry like after contact this this year it's only been four. So he hasn't been the same back. Donovan Edwards has not been very I good think this he's year.
0: Been banged so. up too. Over, yeah. Or they're just not calling the plays that fit his skill set. Because I Donovan Edwards is one of the best running backs catching the ball out of the backfield mm-hmm. in in the country.
1: Yeah, so hopefully hopefully they, they get that squared away or you get shot up with something because they'll need it.
0: Yeah. But anyway. Um, Michigan's offense, 26th and third down conversion, uh, while Washington defense is allowing third downs to be converted 40.1% of the time, good for 78th. Uh, fourth down, Michigan's converting 81% of the time, third in the country, and Washington defense steps up quite a bit on uh, on fourth down, only allowing 41.7% of those, tied for 37th. This is the this is the area if if Washington has a hope. It is going to be that their defense can step up like they've done when they've needed to this season. Uh, I mean, last week they stepped up when they needed to. They looked good for certain drives, and certain drives it looked like they weren't on the field, and that's kind of how it's been all season.
1: Yeah, exactly. But yeah, you're
0: on the same on the same like train of thought. Michigan's offense has derailed itself. Uh, it a number of times this season. Like they've had drives going and then just uncharacteristically J.J. McCarthy will throw three wide incompletions and it'll be a three and out deep in their own end of the field. But Washington, if they're going to win, is going to have to make opportunities out of some of those derailments that Michigan has on the offensive side of the ball. Because I think I think that Michigan is going to be able to score more easily than Washington. Just putting that out there because of how good Michigan's defense is. So Washington's defense will have to step up and create opportunities for Washington to score. Because if it's a field position game, Michigan's going to win this 21-17.
1: Yeah, it's going to, I agree with you, you know, for the most part with like Michigan probably being able to score more easily compared to Washington, just, you know, going defense for defense there. Um, again, I'm, I'm, and I've been like, I miss, like every time that we talk about like Michigan's offenses, I'm not the biggest JJ McCarthy fan. And like you mentioned, I mean, he'll, you know, he'll be clutch, you know, when he needs to be like, for the most part, I, he's only lost one game as a starter in two years. Uh, but he just—he sometimes he just makes throws that just are mind-boggling. The
0: game last week.
1: Yeah. Oh, I mean, he—he's lucky. He's lucky that didn't that didn't totally derail everything.
0: It was an it's, attempted throwaway that almost cost the team the game. Because if they mm-hmm. got down on Bama like that, I—I I don't know if they would have had. I don't know if they. The, this is going to sound a lot worse than it's intended to. I don't know if they have the fight in them from how often they've played ahead to be like our leader just made a terrible mistake, cost us seven points a minute into the game. What the hell are we gonna do?
1: They're not. Yeah, I mean they're not used to playing from behind. They did that a little. bit They didn't do it a whole lot in this game in the in the Rose Bowl. I mean, you know, they were down obviously at times, and they needed a seventy-five yard touchdown drive to take it to overtime. But he, um, that's my train of thought. But, uh, but, uh, yeah, I think, I think the stat was like uh, one of the stats that I saw was that Michigan, uh, their average margin of victory is like 26 points a game. I think Washington is like 13th. So Washington's used to playing closer games than Michigan is. So that would be, that would be something to look for as well. But, uh, going back to McCarthy and I, and this is my critique of him, even like last year too, is a lot, most of the time he doesn't really stay in the pocket all that often he has to do, cause he's, he's not necessarily tall, but he's not like super short either. I know mean, he's somewhere in that no man's land, but he, a lot of the throws that they end up doing are like these bootlegs where, you no, know, he'll run to the left throw to run to the right. Um, and kind of just do it out of the run, do it off balance. And that's kind of their success. And just, you know, the receiver kind of just running the same way that he's running. Um, I don't know if that. I, I'm sure that's the way it's designed, but that it seems like most of their passing offense is like that. They're not very rarely are hitting like these big home runs or anything like that, unless the receiver does all this work. Like JJ is not going to beat you deep, unless you're Ohio State in 2022. But besides that, I mean, it's all these bootlegs and things like that. I'm sure Washington realizes that, and they'll uh, they'll be as ready as they can be for it.
0: And that's I'm glad you brought up the um the game last week about or the game last year against Ohio state, because JJ McCarthy showed the ability of this is a good defense and I'm going to take it deep. So, and you know, this may be a question that nobody has the answer to is, do you think the reason they haven't done it this season, like they've shown the ability to before is an offensive coaching thing, or is that just something McCarthy doesn't seem to be comfortable with on a regular basis?
1: It might be a, a little bit of that. Cause I think they're, they're more, kind of like Penn State on steroids in terms of like being like a ball control thing. Even though they, all, most of their games have been blowouts. Um, I think they're tr- they try to be risk averse. They're, I think we had it somewhere in their turnover margin. Michigan's second in the country at turnover margin, they're plus seventeen. So I think they're very uh, risk averse, like for, for uh, in nature. But at the same time, they probably really they really didn't need to take shots like that because they've dom they've physically dominated essentially everybody they played. And that includes Alabama. Yeah. So I, if I think Michigan would prefer not to do that, but if they have to, I think they can, but at the same time, they don't have the receivers they have this year, not nearly as good as they were last year. Again, and the same thing with Michigan's running backs, not being the same as they were the last two years before that. So.
0: Roman Wilson's a dog
1: though. He. There's a reason why he wears number one. That's a, like uh, LSU in, uh what was it, number seven? Yeah. For them. Michigan's the same thing with number one and, I mean, number two for that matter. But uh, usually number ones are served for like that, like an all-time type receiver, Braylon Edwards, uh, Roman Wilson's up there, Anthony Carter. Like they usually save that for, for dogs. And obviously he's that. And he's and he's proven that the last few years, being the kind of the go-to. I mean, um, the
0: last three games they've played.
1: He, yeah, he's made I'm some... Four,
0: I should say, the last four games.
1: he He's bailed J.J. out on a few throws that have either been tipped or just been not great passes. so and he Except
0: for that one where J.J. could have thrown a yeah. football through a fly's ass against Ohio State. Yeah. And if if you understand that phrase, you know exactly what throw I'm talking about. Because mm-hmm. there was no window.
1: Ohio State fans still mad saying that he fumbled before he but got in. They're the still ends.
0: mad about the picture you have as your background.
1: That's fair. <laughs> um yeah, but it it, it will be it'll will, it will be interesting to see how they uh how they choose to attack that or how they end up doing it or where they find success in. So yeah, yeah.
0: Um so we actually did probably a little bit more of a stat deep dive than we do on most games. But with this being the national championship game and the last game it's the last game of the season, but also I, I think it's really going to be one of those because it is good on good, great on great, and then okay on okay, pretty much every position group up and down the field. I think this is going to come down to the little details. I think this is not going to be one of those games where you know it's very obvious that one team has an advantage at A, B, C, and D. It's going to be like, well, they're close here and here and here. So, Washington, 130th in penalty yards per game at 73.85. Michigan is second at 26. I will say Washington very out of character last week in a very important game. Clean that up. Had very few penalties, which is uncharacteristic for them. Um, you mentioned it a minute ago. Turnover margin. Michigan second. At plus 17, Washington 67 at plus one. If you want to point out a single deciding factor in the game, that one.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Sacks. Uh, Michigan comes in at 19th of 38 on the year. Seven of those last week. Um, yep. Washington is a team that Sacks have really come in burst. They, you know, they had... One or two last week, and then they they had a game this season where they had like four. Um, But they are 114th in the country, 21 on the season. Blocked kicks, I think this would be pretty interesting. Um, Both teams have only blocked a single kick this season.
1: Mm, Okay.
0: So, if one of those teams can make it two blocked kicks in the season, another thing that could have a huge impact on the game. Uh, Blocked punts. Michigan has one, Washington has zero. Field goal percentage. Michigan's James Turner, James Turner is tied for twenty-third in the country, going sixteen to nineteen for eighty four point two percent, while Washington's Grady Gross is tied for 37th at 16 of 80 percent Grady Gross did miss one last week.
1: So did so did James Turner.
0: Um so neither of these guys have ice in their veins. Understood. It's got cool Mm. water, not ice. (laughs) Um, Kickoff returns, and this is yardage. Washington is 51st with an average of 20.79 yards per return, shorter than a touchback. Um, While Michigan, another surprising Michigan stat here, 126, average of 14.93 yards per kickoff return. So take the touchback, Michigan.
1: Well, does that – do they not count when they when they do take the touchback or is like that, that was is that when they actually decide to try to return it?
0: That's just on chosen returns.
1: Okay. I think that's probably more of a well and no that, never.
0: that also takes squib kicks into account so like if he catches the ball at the 30 it is 14.93 yards past 30.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Okay.
0: Um and punt returns both of these teams are very close. Washington coming in at 40th, averaging 10.22 yards per return, and Michigan 44th at 10.06 yards per return. Um, so neither of these game, neither of these teams really prolific returning punts, or for, picks intro, for that matter,
1: for Michigan's sake, for the love of God, just don't don't try to return a punt, please. You muffed two last week. Yeah, oh, don't, they, don't do it. Don't, I can't like, do don't it. Don't
0: even don't even have a guy back there. Yeah, go for blocks. Go go for blocks. Yeah.
1: There we go. You don't, yeah, you only have one this year. <laughs>
0: um, you know, I, we've already kind of hit on this stuff a little bit, but I, I think that this is the most non, or this is the most interesting national championship game without Georgia involved since that the years of the back-to-back battles with Clemson and Bama. I yeah. mean, what was it? The 2018 title game um or 2017 no 2018 um, 2018 season 2018 season 2019 yeah. is when they played game where Clemson just blew Alabama out of the water 2020 okay you had a Bama team that actually played a tough schedule and was a good team playing an Ohio team I had like State four games team <laughs> that played four regular season games yeah mm-hmm. Um. The 2019 one, everybody knew LSU was winning that. No, that wasn't gonna be close. Mm-hmm. 2021 Georgia, 2022 Georgia. So I mean, like this, this is the first exciting non-Georgia title game in quite some time. It we've already said it a bunch, but good on good, great on great, okay on okay. I think these are great matchups all the way down the field. Um, and the perception of these teams from the outside doesn't seem to be as accurate when you look at the numbers. Obviously, Wisconsin or Michigan. Washington. Washington is that passing team, but as far as the defensive side of the ball, the numbers don't actually match what you seem to see on the field. Same thing with Michigan because they're known as a power running team, but their running numbers haven't been as good this year. And, you know, my number two team versus your number two team, I just... Man, I think this is going to be. This is not going to be a Georgia TCU matchup. I I think no, this is no. one possession game through and through. I I think this is going to be close. I hope it's like the other two playoff games we've had this year and come down to the final play. Give me a reason to stay up late as hell with all these commercial breaks. yeah all Right. But. Oh. Also, last fun fact. This will be the first undisputed title for either of these teams. In a very long time, last week you said it'll be um, Miss uh, Michigan's first undisputed title since 1948. Fun fact: the Air Force had only been around for about eight months at that point. Um,
1: <laughs> that is a fun fact. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, and Washington <laughs> has zero undisputed national championships.
1: They did have a shared one in 1991.
0: And they had a shared one in 1960.
1: Um, So one total between the two.
0: Fun fact, nine teams shared almost an equal number of first place votes in the 1960 season.
1: I'm sure Bama was one of those, right?
0: Um, They were, but so was Georgia and Syracuse. And I wish I would have wrote this down because it it actually was pretty interesting. I I did probably a 15 minute look into the 1960 uh, national championship race. But
1: okay,
0: I'm looking forward to this. I hope you guys are as excited as I am. I mean, Georgia's not involved, but we can all be excited about watching good football. It is the last college football game until spring games come around. But I've got, I got the Huskies. I got the dog 3 P. I've got the first perfect Bandwagon season in nothing finer history. They're obviously covering that four and a half if they win, but I think it'll be a close game. I'm, I think a field goal could win it late, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, man, but I, I got Washington coming out on top.
1: If it ends up being a close game like that, I, I might not be able to make it to the next uh, recording because I'll be dead. I can't, <laughs> I, can't, I can't handle these playoff games, man. I'm just, oh, Jesus. He um, just
0: needs to quit making it to the playoffs, and you won't be concerned anymore. Because last year, you just had nine hours of agony.
1: It. Yeah, dude. I. On <laughs> my watch, I'm sure if I had go back to, like, January 1st or, or no, New Year's Eve, I'm sure it's going to say I had, like, a stroke or, like, a
0: you, heart arrhythmia or something like that. Like, your watch goes, Mike, great marathon you ran today. <laughs>
1: All the calories you burnt just sitting on your ass and drinking excessively today. Um, all right, so obviously I'm going with Michigan,
0: but you have to.
1: I, I have to. I, I I can't punk out on it now. I don't know if they're gonna. I don't know if they're gonna cover. I hope they do, because again, I can't. I can't take a I mean, close ESPN's
0: game. ESPN's only given Washington like a 23 percent chance to win.
1: Well, and there was a there was a, a guy that does like really like intricate like statistic like deep dives and does like probabilities and things like that i can't remember it's like stat war or something like that on twitter or x and he gave uh, michigan a 61 chance chance of winning and normally he's pretty I was say, that pretty seems right about a that lot stuff.
0: more accurate than yeah. um ESPN the espn analytics saying that
1: michigan has 74.3 chance to win yeah i wouldn't i would not go that far but yeah 61 percent chance seems more spot on for that but um I'm gonna go again with the team of destiny vibes, even though it's it, it's it's Michigan versus you know everybody, Detroit versus everybody is where that came from. But um I mean it's it's been a it's been a very, very dramatic season for this team. You obviously start off the year with Jim Harbaugh being suspended for three games with the you know, the cheeseburger gate and recruiting violations during COVID. Kind of the kind of sort of the same shit that got Jeremy Pruitt fired with, with cause. Except um They
0: wanted Jeremy
1: Pruitt fired and found a right. Record. I mean, they Michigan didn't go, you know, looking digging for shit. I mean, they were trying to hide it, but yeah. Um. So he came back from that. They, you know, they kept kept it rolling the non conference slate was nothing, and then obviously the sign stealing thing. Jim Harbaugh died for Connor Stallion. Since three games, he rose back conference he championship game. As
0: many regular season games as he didn't.
1: Yeah, he did. But, but yeah, three games at the end of the season. Again, people acting like he died. He's still there, or will be for a little bit longer. Uh, came back, rose from the dead. Uh, Michigan beat Iowa. They're, you can argue that he outcoached Nick Saban um, Great last argument. week. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say he did. Um, and then, obviously, he's got to, to this point. Flirting with the NFL, I've been saying since the before the season started. I thought this is Jim Harbaugh's last year. Um, and it's still Raiders Chargers are still like at the top of that list. He's he's been flirting with the NFL for a few years, or really since he got Michigan good again, um, or to you know to the point that they're at right now. Uh, I think Jim Harbaugh's last game at Michigan. They're going to go out on top he'll leave the national championship that hopefully won't be <laughs> vacated in a few months. I don't think it will, but we'll, we'll see how, how deep it goes. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go with, uh, with Michigan winning a close one and me not being able to sleep because my heart rate. <laughs> so uh, go blue.
0: I, I was actually going to ask um how, how that would go if, if they had to vacate that title against or in a few months with uh, with the NCAA investigation,
1: I I have no I, I have no idea. I don't know. I mean, they already okay. Well, I guess technically the Big Ten punished him for for the last three games of the season, so they. They can't do like a double double jeopardy thing, I wouldn't think. But I don't know the,
0: Big Ten, it was they all they said that it was a separate investigation and punishment from the NCAA.
1: Mm. And again, that kind of goes with what I'm saying is they maybe they save face. If Michigan, you know, hopefully for my sake, they pull off the mic to repeat. And uh I have my teams win three years in a row. Hopefully, you know, if Jim Harbaugh leaves and maybe they can just wash their hands of it. You have your national championship, but you lost your coach. It you know, I don't know, it cancels out. I don't know. We'll we'll see. It'll be in- interesting to see. I
0: don't know. Um yeah, no, I I once again, I'm looking forward to this game. Um yeah. we we mm-hmm. are going to go ahead and move on to a little bit of Georgia talk here. Um a few Georgia players announced that they were going to run it back next year. We have Chaz Chambliss, uh, Xavier Trust, Tate Ratledge, and our guy, Big Nas, coming back next year. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, I'm, I, you know, for as much shit as I gave Xavier Trust this season, when he had to fill in at right tackle, I think he did a much better job than when he played at left guard this season. And with Mims gone, maybe right tackle is the spot for him. You know, mm. hoping that he has that spot to fill in, Um on the left side of the line, the weak side, I just don't, I don't think it's a good fit for him. And with Tate coming back, you have that right guard. So really, the only spot open is, uh, is center and and right tackle right now. So that that'll be an interesting battle going into the spring.
1: Well, for center, you probably have Wilson with that spot. I would assume, right?
0: Um, yeah, there were two guys that played for, uh, for said this season. Micah Morris was getting a lot of seconds oh, and yeah. snaps, and then. Um, I can't remember his first name, but Wilson that we, we just talked about. So that'll be two two offensive line battles going through the spring, probably the fall the way Kirby does things. So that'll be very interesting, um, especially because that's really the lowest amount of uh, offensive line battles Georgia's had in a few years. Um, but Georgia got a commitment from USC transfer Michael Jackson to the third with one year of eligibility remaining. And uh, something that I think hasn't been talked about enough, Dominic Lovett hasn't announced he was going to the NFL yet, and he still has a year of eligibility left.
1: Oh, okay. So, yeah, I didn't so think about that.
0: So go into the NFL, that slot receiver spot is wide open.
1: Ooh, okay. Hmm. Uh, I didn't even consider it.
0: So Georgia may have the best wide receiver room in the country going into next season with Carson Beck, who... I think it's an easy argument. Probably top five quarterback this season. You know, I
1: think he, I think he's entering the season is like this. What? Second best Heisman odds.
0: Um, yeah, no, he's, um, I can't remember who's first, but he's tied with the likes of Jalen Milrow at plus seven fifty. Yeah. You know what blows my mind? I posted this on our Instagram story the other day. Jackson darts at plus 2000.
1: That's a value pick.
0: I, that is a value <laughs> pick. How is he Huge. plus 2000
1: I fucking How? love Jackson Dart. I love Jackson Dart. I love Jackson Dart so much.
0: And, and with, he's, he, there are first-year starters that have better Heisman odds than Jackson Dart.
1: It's disrespectful.
0: I don't understand. I mm-hmm. really don't. Um, nope. Back to Michael Jackson. He had 17 catches for 146 yards in nine games this season. Um, and he had more contested catches than anyone on the 2023 Georgia roster and has the highest per reception percentage of the 2023 USC roster. And that says a lot with the uh, with the talent really on both sides there, USC and Georgia, at the receiver position this year. Um, he's returned punts, which will be a big deal since uh, McCann Hughes has transferred. Anthony Evans is in that spot now. Um, but I think he'll probably split time with Michael Jackson and Anthony Evans there. Um, and Michael Jackson followed former USC defensive backs coach Dante Williams to Athens. I really do hope they do the two kick returner thing. They did it. They've done it at times in Kirby's tenure. Um, they used to put two running backs back there. But I think if you have guys like Michael Jackson and Anthony Evans, that will be, uh, Keep, teams are going for kick touchbacks every time mm-hmm. they're trying to hit what the you, bars.
1: and you had you had curious and, and lad do it at times too yeah in 2022 so yeah, um,
0: yeah. i'll let you read this next part because for whatever reason i'm suddenly getting dyslexic all right Words so i'm not wording right now
1: <laughs> so after looking at the man in the mirror Kirby decided he wanted to be bad and focus on the wide receiver room in the portal. Doesn't matter if you're black or white, if you can play wide receiver, Kirby wants all those PYTs in Athens. Hope next season's a thriller is a thriller. Shit, I almost got through it perfectly.
0: I'm sound real dumb. What's PYTs?
1: Pretty young things. That was another Michael Jackson song.
0: Okay, okay, no, I, I get it now. I was like, I I'd have fucked that up if I read it. <laughs>
1: I, you know what, I'm sure there has been better, you know, a string of puns of Michael Jackson songs with it, and there will be. It's going to, if he plays uh, any significant role, I'm sure it's going to be exhausting and we're going to get tired of it. But it's new right now, so it's cool.
0: It is. Um, Georgia running back Savon Clark entered the transfer portal with the addition of Trevor Etienne and uh, freshman backs Nate Fraser and Dwight Phillips. He probably, there probably wasn't much of a path to play in time. I mean, Nate Fraser. Scored multiple touchdowns in the uh, Senior Bowl.
1: Ooh, did you see? Did you see him like, or at least the highlights?
0: Yes, yes, I did.
1: Ooh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited all over again.
0: Yes, dude, looked like a wide receiver on that wheel route.
1: Separation,
0: yeah. catching away from the body with his hands, and then immediately cutting to make sure the defensive back couldn't get to him. Like that was, that's elite college level stuff that you saw a high school senior do. Um, real excited about that. He is going to be a um, a late enrollee, so he may not have much playing time next year. But twenty twenty five, Nate Fraser, that's the dude.
1: Somebody, I've, I don't know if it was on the broadcast or I saw it somewhere, but somebody compared him to Sony Michelle, and I, oh, I can't get out of my head now. Don't do that. I, <laughs>
0: you know, the last guy that put pressure on himself to be like Sony Michelle. Justin Fields. Who did? Justin Fields. He took over Sony's locker right after he won. Oh, and it's number two. Do what?
1: And it's number two. They're both number one at Georgia. Yeah. Damn. Okay, yeah, I didn't think about that.
0: Yeah, he moved into Sony's locker right after he moved out of it, and he posted something on Twitter. I can't can't wait to try and live up to Sony Michelle's legacy. Um, Okay. Did Sony Michelle lose to every team in the NFC North multiple times in one season? No, he did not. He did not. Um, so, Jared Zirkle has committed to Texas A&M. Probably gave him a bag, just just being honest there, because Texas A&M isn't known at this point to really put anybody in the NFL, but Mike Elko has put an emphasis on special teams in the past. So, probably going to be a starter for them. Hope the best for Jared Zirkle. Um wide receiver CJ Smith.
1: Oh no, oh yeah, CJ <laughs> Smith, yeah, not CJ Allen. CJ Allen's still uh, CJ
0: or is it yeah, CJ Smith uh committed to Purdue, joining Nylon Green. Um and then on the final note, just just a little we'll put a little bit of hopium in the podcast. Quinshawn Judkins entered the portal. Um and Mike tweeted at Grayson Weir to see if he could put in a good word to quench on for us. Um, but the rumor is Judkins is allegedly looking for about $1.2 million. Um, so he is an Alabama native. Let's be honest. Auburn's throwing money around more than they did firing Gus Malzahn right now. So probably tanking, taking over for Tank there. Good luck. Yeah. Good luck. Um,
1: for, for what it's worth, he's not crystal balled anymore yet. But again, assuming because he is an Alabama native, he'll probably go back there and get, you know, get his bag. Because again, the lifespan of, of a running back isn't very long. I mean, going back to Sony Michelle, I think he only played five years in the NFL. He won two Super Bowls. But I mean, it's short and especially yeah. with as much wear as he has. I don't I don't blame him.
0: What's Michigan's NIL look like?
1: It's not. It, it's OK, but it's not not like that. They're not okay. going to pay. He because
0: with Blake Corum leaving this year, hmm. there's a spot.
1: I, I, I won't say it's a zero percent chance, but it's low. Um, Michigan uh, academics and Ole Miss academics. It's
0: fair. It's fair. Same it's thing
1: fair. or not the same thing? So
0: that is uh, fair, but I want to say I watched one of those like where they highlight student athletes, and I want to say he had like over a three five GPA.
1: Oh, did he? Oh, okay. So maybe. So, maybe. And I'm sure there's, like, president's exemptions and shit like this. So I know Georgia does. I mean, Georgia is like, way better academically than Ole Miss is as well. And occasionally Georgia has issues getting guys in academically. But, yeah, I don't – NIL isn't necessarily what's going to bring guys in. And maybe, you know, if they get end up getting Jim Harbaugh to stay or whatever, maybe they up that just like uh, uh, Lane was able to convince Ole Miss to do the same thing. I don't know.
0: And I think if That's they a- win a title, it'll probably drastically increase.
1: Yeah. And well, and I'll, I'll go to this too. So I don't know. We we will talk about a little bit about college basketball here in a minute, but Michigan lost uh, Hunter Dickinson uh, to the portal last year. He ended up going to Kansas. He was like borderline, you know, all American. I think he was an all American freshman, all American. Uh, he was the best player on Michigan's basketball team for, uh, for three years lost him to Kansas. Cause they didn't have the NIL support that Kansas did. So,
0: but football and basketball are different animals in that aspect, even even yeah. when you're talking about, you know, Big Ten and Northern schools. So. Um, so let's move on to basketball. So the dogs got their first SEC win of the season. They were not favored in this game. They were underdogs coming in. And Georgia, the Hardwood Dogs, got to see Como's naked, beating the Tigers 75-68. Um, we both turned the game on when Georgia was up 17 with about five minutes left in the first half. Um, Georgia finished the first half only up two on Missouri and Missouri actually had the chance to tie or take the lead with the last possession of the half. Um, personally for me, I turned the game on and saw Georgia take three shots with none of them hit the rim. Michigan got the (laughs) rebound and immediately scored and got a foul and I turned it off. Um, Just going to be honest. And if that's the way the basketball season goes, there's going to be no firsthand account of the games from me um, because I'm way too superstitious, you know, just being honest.
1: And I was the same way too. So uh, I I actually tweeted at Georgia basketball telling them that we, well, at the time I told them that you stop watching it so they can start playing better, but I turned it off as well. So um, credit us for the uh, for the win in Como.
0: Selfless, you know, some would say.
1: hmm I shit, I would. <laughs>
0: um, I did see a game live in person, and they won. It mm. was against, um, hell, I don't know, not a good team.
1: Like Alabama A&M or something no, like that. It
0: was, it was like the third or fourth game of the season. Oh. Sort Of the W.
1: Was it West? It doesn't matter. I, they, yeah. they won. <laughs>
0: um, but Russell Shigwe had a double double, 18 points, 11 rebounds, almost got into a fight with a Missouri player um, during that Mizzou run at the end of the first half. But all you have to do is look at uh, Shigwe and realize, I want to fight that guy.
1: Dude, I mean, he's a, he's a graduate uh, senior. All right, well, graduate transfer. Like he's a senior. He's a grown ass man. He's big.
0: He's huge. Yeah. Like if you just hear us say he's huge, and then watch a game and don't look at names on jerseys, you'll be like, oh, that's Sheedway.
1: Yeah, that's him. <laughs>
0: yeah. Like everybody else is lanky as hell and tall, and and mm-hmm. he's still like his chin is everybody else's head. And he, you can tell he goes to the gym frequently.
1: Yeah. Dude's, dude's a player, for sure. Uh,
0: big, part,
1: big part of them, this uh, nine-game winning streak that they're on.
0: Yes. His, his rebounding on the offensive side of the court is one of the, my favorite things that I've seen when I've watched them this season. Because under Crean, they just didn't believe in offensive rebounds. Um, they said, once we shoot it, we're just running to the other end of the court. Not how you play basketball. I don't understand why the offensive rebound is lost art in today's game, both college and professionally. Drives me insane. But he's that guy. Jordan had four players in double figures. Um, and we, you know, we talked about it before, but Jordan's basketball offense is statistically one of the worst points per game in the division or in Division One basketball. Oh, good Lord. Um, but they are 11-3 on the season, 1-0 in SEC play, and their nine-game winning streak is the most since 2010-2011. And it's the seventh longest streak in D1 and the longest winning streak in Mike White's career, including his time at Florida where he made multiple tournaments. Um, and just a cherry on top while we're talking shit about Florida. Kentucky beat Florida by two in Gainesville. Um... So you could say the Cats drained the swamp on January 6th. I didn't write that part. That was Mike. I should have let him say it. You're muted.
1: I don't have a fixation of January 6th, no. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, you could also say that based on those last two bullets, Mike White won the breakup.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he did.
0: Just, just throwing that out there. Um, mm. But that's going to do it for us tonight, guys. I do want to reiterate... We are taking down the Reigning Defending merch tomorrow. So if you want one of those, get it while you can. We are putting some shirts up. We've already been in contact with the designers over at Millions trying to get something going. Um, But if you want to see where that comes out, follow our social media at at nothing.finder.pod on Instagram, at finderpod on Twitter, look us up on Facebook and YouTube. Um, if you want to do us a favor, vote for Connect Savannah's Best of Savannah for podcast and Instagram. Um, if you want to do us another favor because you love us, rate and view the show five stars. Send us a screenshot. We will send you a sticker. But as always, remember, there is nothing finer in the land.
1: Then a drunk. I'm Georgia fan. Third and a mile. Duggan
0: from the two will throw it all the way across the field. It's picked up by Bullardy.
1: Bullard got it again. I'd And it to throw, lobs it to the right corner,
0: there's McConkey. He got on his donkey and made a sliding catch in the right corner, touchdown!